Hey there, everyone. Welcome to The Essentials. I'm James, the pastor of the Freedom Moravian Church, and this podcast is a space to explore faith, to celebrate good news, and to share what we experience in this life and how it connects us to each other. I have for you our lesson and our message from Sunday, September 17th. Our gospel reading came from the gospel of Matthew, chapter 18, verses 21 through 35. Then Peter said to Jesus, Lord, how many times should I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Should I forgive as many as seven times? Jesus said, not just seven times, but rather as many as 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. When he began to settle accounts, they brought to him a servant who owed him 10,000 bags of gold. Because the servant didn't have enough to pay it back, the master ordered that he should be sold, along with his wife and children and everything he had, and that the proceeds should be used as payment. But the servant fell down, kneeled before him and said, Please, be patient with me, and I'll pay you back. The master had compassion on that servant and released him and forgave the loan. When that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him 100 coins. He grabbed him around the throat and said, Pay me back what you owe me. Then this fellow servant fell down and begged him, Be patient with me, and I will pay you back. But he refused. Instead, he threw him into prison until he paid back his debt. When his fellow servants saw what happened, they were deeply offended. They came and told their master all that happened. His master called the first servant and said, You wicked servant, I forgave you all that debt because you appealed to me. Shouldn't you also have mercy on your fellow servant, just as I had mercy on you? His master was furious and handed him over to the guard responsible for punishing prisoners until he had paid the whole debt. My Heavenly Father will also do the same to you if you don't forgive your brother or sister from your heart. Here ends the reading of the word. So just a quick note before we really start on the topic of forgiveness. As Jesus paints this scenario, and he answers Peter's question by essentially saying, you should always forgive. Forgiveness has no limits. While that's true, while that's very important, Jesus is not saying that our forgiveness should be so limitless that we trap ourselves in situations where someone can hurt us or abuse us over and over again. Forgiveness and letting something go, forgiving someone is one thing, but enabling a cycle of abuse is another. There are times when removing ourselves from that relationship or from that situation is the best thing to do. And forgiveness can still be included in there, but the call to forgive is not an excuse to endure and suffer things you shouldn't have to go through. Okay, with that out of the way, let's 
add a little more context to that parable we heard in Matthew, because it's a parable that I think is pretty absurd to listen to. And first, it's crazy that this servant could receive such an incredible display of forgiveness, and then he turns and refuses to forgive someone for a much smaller offense. But there's more here that we can't quite wrap our heads around. It says that he's in debt to his king or his master, and that he owes 10,000 bags of gold. Well, that sounds like a pretty high number. 10,000 is a lot, but bags of gold aren't exactly a currency that I have much experience with. I don't know how much that's worth. But it turns out that 10,000 wasn't just a random number that Jesus chose out of thin air. It was the largest number they used back in his day. There was not a number higher to them. It'd be like us saying that the servant owed his master a gazillion dollars. It's a number we can't even quantify. So it's pretty crazy that a servant could accumulate such tremendous debt. And then his promise that he's going to pay it off is equally ridiculous. There's no way he could possibly do that. And then it doesn't make sense that this master is willing to wipe away this debt. Who would do that? Who in their right mind would let that amount of money go? But that's what this master decides to do. He has compassion and he gives the servant an entirely new chance at life when he was staring at years of misery trying to repay this debt that he owed. But it doesn't stop there. It gets crazier as it goes on, because the servant, he gets a role to play the same spot that his master just had. The servant knows a servant who owes him 100 coins. And if the first debt was a limitless amount of money, they think 100 coins would add up to about half a year's wages. So it's not a small chunk of change, but it's also not even a drop in the ocean of debt that he just had forgiven. And with a chance to pay forward the compassion to pass on the forgiveness he received, the servant goes in the exact opposite direction. He throws this man in prison because of what he owes. We wonder, how on earth can you be shown life-changing forgiveness one moment and fail to offer even a sliver of it to someone who begged for similar compassion? And it's those extremes that Jesus sets up in this parable. There's numbers that are off the charts. There are drastic actions taken by both the king and the servant. I think it's meant for this story to really grab our attention. It should really stand out to us. Because Jesus offers plenty of teachings that are so important. But I think he really wants us to wrestle with this one. It's that moment when we see just how ridiculous this situation is. It's the moment when we notice this outrageous failure from the servant, to accept grace and reconciliation for himself 
but not offer it to others, when it hits us just how wild this all is, it's right then that we start to see ourselves. Things turn around on us because we see ourselves in that story. When we sit with this parable for a bit, we're confronted with how we deal with forgiveness in our own lives and the challenge it brings to us. Because we know that it's one of Jesus' key teachings. It's not a surprise for you to hear that we need to forgive people. But then actually putting it into practice, that is another thing entirely. But we love being on the receiving end when we're talking forgiveness. To let someone down, to slip up, and then to have that person forgive us, it removes the guilt. It gives us a new lease on life like this servant just had. And you'd think that passing that on for someone else who's made a mistake would be something we'd love to do. But so often, that is just not what we're interested in. And that's what worries me about how forgiveness is understood, at least in this American version of Christianity. Because it's turned into a deeply individual thing. We turn to Jesus as the one who forgives. We are made whole. We are made new through faith in him because he wipes those sins away. And with that as our belief that we embrace and accept, it can lead us into thinking we have everything we need. I have faith in Jesus. I have been forgiven because he loves me. I am going to be okay. I, I, I. Why would I put more effort in if I've already been forgiven? And that's why people, especially people my age, they practice their faith and they can experience all that Christianity has to offer while being completely detached from a Christian community. They can connect with Jesus in a way that's meaningful to them. Their faith is an individual journey. They don't need to walk with others. They prefer to do this thing of following Jesus alone because, you know what? Other people are messy. Maintaining community is hard. Walking with each other and with all of our flaws is not easy. People can be broken. People can let you down. People will argue with you and question your beliefs. Why would you mess with all of that when Jesus forgives you and gives you everything you need? Well, Jesus actually says that community that we sometimes think we can live without, the community that's complicated and imperfect in countless ways, it's actually the most precious thing we have. Jesus knows that we're stronger together. He knows that we're more creative together. We are better together. 
and we need to work with one another if we are to truly be Jesus' disciples in the world. It's just that getting together and then staying together requires constant effort. It's not something we can fake or just fall into. It's intentional. And it demands us to see the humanity in one another before we see our differences. So Jesus tells us we have to see that person who has wronged us, the person who frustrates us, the person who challenges us at every corner. We have to see them as one who deserves the same forgiveness that we receive and cling to. When we fail to see that in one another, when we hold grudges and cling to the mistakes that people have made, it's then that our community with one another starts to unravel. And without community, our sense of belonging to each other starts to fade. And without that community, we start to face life's challenges on our own. And we can so easily lose the sense that Jesus is walking with us because it doesn't feel like we're walking with anyone anymore. So I made it to this point while writing my sermon with one specific person in mind. Maybe you're at that same place as you've been listening. And that one person has been sticking in your mind that Friendship in your life that you've let fizzle out over the years because of something the other person did. You know, I've been silently holding a grudge for so long, and I have just kind of accepted that this is who we are to each other now. And we were once good friends, and now we're people who barely talk. Maybe you have someone in your life like that. But just as I was thinking about how things might be different if I took another approach in our relationship, just as I wondered where the years would have taken us if I had the humility to offer forgiveness, just when I was right there thinking about this one person, I kid you not, my phone rang and their name popped up on the caller ID. I have not spoken to them in months. I haven't seen them in over a year. But that afternoon, as I was deeply thinking about how I played a role in letting our community with one another fail, right then, as they were bouncing around in my brain, there they were. It completely freaked me out. I don't know if I've ever been a part of such a God moment before. So my plan was to conclude this sermon by saying that there is this one person in my life and I hope to forgive them someday. That I hope to extend forgiveness to them just like Jesus tells me to do. And that was my plan. And I think that phone rang as Jesus saying, 
that would be taking the easy way out. Because we always think we can reach out to that person. We think we can mend fences down the line. And we just end up constantly putting it off. But Jesus says it's time. It's time to pass along the forgiveness that we've received. The forgiveness that takes a gazillion mistakes and wipes them clear. So who are you longing to walk with once again? Who would bring hope and joy to your life if you had the courage to take on that task of restoring community? Not only is that task not impossible, it's actually a necessity. A necessity that lies at the very foundation of our Christian journey. We can only begin to heal this very broken world by healing and forgiving the brokenness that lies between us. Amen. Well, I appreciate you stopping by for another episode. You can learn more about the church that I serve. That's the Freedom Moravian Church. You can check out our website. You can also keep up with us on Facebook. You could worship with us on YouTube if you'd like. And you can learn more about Moravians in general by going to moravian.org. So take care, be well. I'll catch you all next time.